Welcome to day 50 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Numbers chapters 28 through 30. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. The sacrifices listed and detailed in chapters 28 and 29 have a similar shape to the opening chapters of Numbers. In the first chapters of the book, chapters 1 through 4, the people are organized and their leadership is described. Then in chapters 7 through 10, their worship life is outlined. So now, after this new generation is reorganized and the old leadership passes on in chapters 26 and 27, the worship life of the people is once again outlined in chapters 28 and 29. Here the entire liturgical calendar is described. The sacrifices for every important feast are detailed, sacrifices that would be possible only given their upcoming settled life in the promised land. Worship was central to Israel's life and its year was structured according to these celebrations. These two chapters are comprised of six key sections. First, instructions for daily, Sabbath, and new moon sacrifices. Second, sacrifices connected to Passover and the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Third, offerings for the Festival of Weeks. Fourth, the Festival of Trumpets, later called Rosh Hashanah, or the New Year. Fifth, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. And sixth, the Festival of Booths. These festivals were connected to the agrarian season and rhythms of the year. They were the highest expression of Israel's life together as a people. And in these feasts, Israel comes together before the Lord at the sanctuary, celebrates before Yahweh as a people, offers sacrifices of thanksgiving and atonement, remembers the formative events and providence of God, and then recommits themselves to be and to live as God's holy people. Like our own liturgical seasons, these festival celebrations of Israel became the primary way the people learned not only their history, but really their understanding of theology from the ground up. Chapter 30 deals with vows and oaths. A general principle about vows and oaths is given first. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, He shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. This chapter also contains four cases of vows and oaths made by women that are valid unless a man who is in charge of her, a father or a husband, upon hearing of the vow, or relatively soon after that, repudiates them. There is certainly a patriarchal nature to these rules because they don't ask what happens when a son or husband makes a vow that ought to be invalidated or repudiated by one of the women in the family. What may be in mind here are not just overcoming rash vows, like the one made later by Jephthah related to sacrificing his daughter, but it also may be the case that someone might make a vow under the guise of religious dedication only to secure their own purposes and undercut the duty that they have to parents or family. Think in the New Testament where Jesus scolds the Pharisees for making vows that were korban, um, holding back gifts or money so they don't have to give it to the rest of their family. That act may seem holy, but the practice is not truly motivated by zeal or faithfulness to God. Faith being passed to the next generation is always tenuous. It requires living into the right practices and committing to those promises and commitments that form a people who reflect the love and goodness of God to the world. So read these texts carefully for today. Listen to what the Spirit might say to you through them. Journal your thoughts. 
prayers and questions, and learn to be faithful to the God who is faithful to you. Our text for tomorrow are Numbers chapters 31 through 33 and Psalm 21. I'll talk to you tomorrow.